All right. Well, um, so we have spent the last couple of weeks uh, looking at um, and looking at some people and dealing with the concept of being fruitful in in doing the will of God in in 2023 and what that's going to look like and and I think some of us uh, maybe have considered what that looks like and. And I hope that you've done what what uh, what would be considered an adequate job at at accounting of what what that's going to cost you. And uh, I, w- I will say this: it is going to cost you something to be fruitful in Jesus Christ in doing the will of God. Amen. Now, now we we, we you say well. I thought salvation was free, and it is. Your, your salvation's been bought and paid for by Jesus Christ, but your fruitfulness, it'll depend on whether you're willing to lay your life down or not. And, um, and, and I hope you can kind of, I hope, I hope you've done a job in, in, in accounting for that and what that looks like and, and just seeing overall, uh, I, what, what is it going to cost me to be fruitful uh, with Jesus Christ? What is that going to cost me? Uh, because it is going to cost you something. I said it last week. It's worth whatever it costs. It's worth whatever it's cost. Now, we have looked at, um, we've actually looked at a lot of, uh, we've actually looked at a lot of people. Uh, we looked at Achan. Uh, we looked at uh, Cain. And then we followed that up with Judas last week. Uh, Cain and Judas last week. And, um, and, and I think that they have have served as some really good characters that we can look at to see what it looks like to, to not bear fruit. And we're going to look at one more of them this week, and then, Lord willing, we're, we're going to look at one next week uh, that, that bore fruit and actually got to see what nobody else ever, ever got to see and, and how that looks. Um, and, and what kind of person God actually does that for. And so, so Lord willing, we'll, we'll be there next week, and uh, we're, we're going to take a little bit of a look at John and John and his life, and, and we're going to see some things that God did for John specifically and why I think God did them, um, why I think God let John see what, what John actually got to see. But we've spent the last uh, couple of weeks looking uh, at, at these three people, and and they've all had these certain variances to their walk that that caused them uh, to hurt in the area of of producing fruit. And um, why 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 is that such a big deal? Well, because every single one of them, all of Achan, Cain, and Judas. They actually all, they all was participating in what seemed like a very spiritual thing. They all, Achan, even Achan was participating in what seemed like a, a very spiritual thing in obeying the Lord. How many of you understand just obeying the Lord is a spiritual thing? Does that make sense? Obeying the Lord is a spiritual thing. And, and, and Achan, Achan was doing what he could to obey the Lord in, in everything until he didn't. Cain, he, he, he is, a, and, and I'll, I'll read for the sake of, it's in your notes. Uh, Achan, we looked, and Achan stole what rightfully belonged to God. 
all the spoils of Jericho had been dedicated to the Lord and, and, and burned, with, burned with fire in, in, in a huge bonfire, if you would, except for the gold and the silver that was to be taken to the tabernacle. And, and one day, a great temple would be built in the land of Canaan. Now, why, why, is, that so, why is that such a big deal? Well, the, the, the people were to make no profit off this victory. It was holy through the Lord. Why is that such a big deal? Well, remember, it, it's Achan's problem was he stole what rightfully belonged to the Lord. He didn't labor. He didn't labor. He worked. I mean, he walked around the building, and he, and he shouted. And God wrought the victory in Jericho. The biggest of the cities that they would conquer was Jericho. And just so happened, it was the first one, and God wholly wanted that, set apart to him. But, but Achan did a thing, and, and Achan stole what belonged to God. He went and hid it in his tent like God would never find out. God finds out, and, and ultimately, you know what happens. Achan and his family was destroyed uh, because of, of their unbelief. Now, Cain, he was another one we looked at last week, and, and, and Cain... He brought to the Lord what, what God was not accepting. He brought to the Lord what God was not accepting. Now Cain is a, a picture of the Christian that will not give God what he desires, but rather what they desire he is worthy of. Cain is a picture of, of someone that, that will not give God what, what God desires. Now, now remember, we said it last week, uh, Cain brought the fruit of the land, and, and it wasn't necessarily wrong. Uh, to bring the fruit of the land. But there was a problem with the way Cain brought the fruit of the land. Cain brought the fruit of the land with the wrong heart. And how do you know that? Well, because when God wouldn't accept it, Cain's heart was turned. Cain was wroth, and God knew it. Why is thy countenance fallen? What's wrong with, what, what's wrong with your heart? Why are you in the shape that you're in? Well, he's mad because... God didn't accept what he brought. And, and so th th it tells you that, that Cain's heart wasn't actually right when he brought it to begin with. Because a person's heart that's right in bringing worship to God, they don't get mad at God. They don't get upset with God. Storm off and, 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 and so mad that later on they end up killing their own brother that, that actually brought worthy sacrifices to the Lord. And then, and then Judas, he brought a heart that was judgmental of the worship of another as unnecessary or wasteful. Her fruit bearing bothered people that had no intentions on bearing any fruit. Did, did you know that, that, that fruit bearers bother people that have no intentions on bearing any real fruit? That's what Judas was. Judas was a part of the crowd. Judas was a part of the twelve. Judas had a position. He was holding the money, but his heart was far from the position that he held. His heart was far from worshiping Christ. And it took a, it took a woman that, that brought something very costly in for, for him to be revealed, for, for people to see Judas for who he was. Judas didn't have any intentions. On doing anything right with that money. His heart was just wrong because of the worship 
that she was offering. He deemed it as unnecessary. And, and, and so, guess what? Judas, Judas didn't bear any fruit. What, what happened to Judas? What, well, it's the same thing that happened to Achan. And it's the same thing that happened to Cain. In the end, in the end, their lives are completely filled with sorrow and grief. Why is that such a big deal? Well, because God called us to bear fruit, and I think it tells this story. The people, the Christian that will not bear fruit, that does what they can to not bear fruit, I don't think they'll ever be comfortable in this world. I don't think they'll ever find a place of peace, and I think they'll live their life under this grief and under this this somehow or another, this anxiety that weighs on them because they know that they were born for a greater purpose than what they're fulfilling. Be a life of misery. You know, some of the, the, the most miserable people in the world are not lost people, they're saved people. The most miserable people on this planet are saved. But they're out of the will of God. They, they, they know, and it's, here it is, it's not enough. It's not enough to know Jesus Christ. It's not enough just to come to a place of salvation in knowing Jesus Christ. Well, what, what, what is enough? Enough's holy following after the Lord. Enough is where, 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 whatever he commands, that's where we'll go. That, that's, that's, what we, that's what we see in Scripture. That's the pattern we see from Scripture. So this morning, I, I want to look at this other person in your Bible uh, by the name of Ahithophel. And, and here's the thing about Ahithophel. Little is said and, and little is known other than the man has a real funky name. I, I mean, you just got to wonder, did you know, I wonder about my parents. They gave me four names. And, and I'm usually mad about that. Every time somebody asks for my full name, I go back to the fact, I'm like, man, they, they just hated me. <laughs> like, give a dude four names. that You shouldn't do that. If you're going to have kids in this room, don't give your kid four names. From a dude that has four names, it's just ridiculous. It's too long. There's not a space for a middle, middle name. Oh, your name's John Lee. No, it's John Paul's Lee. It's not John Lee. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, no, that's not my name. Timothy John Lee. I hate it. Well, I don't know about you, but if I'm a Hithophel, I'm in the same camp. Like, man, Dad was, Daddy was on a bad acid trip or something when he come up with a Hithophel. Because it's almost, if, you're, if you say uh, real fast five times, you're going to cuss. I mean, there's just, there's really no other way about it. But little is known, uh, little is said, and, and little is known about this man, but I think we can learn something from his life. I've seen something 
uh, last week that I, I think would be very pertinent for us to look at and might help us to get to a place of producing fruit this year. So I want to look at him this morning. Who is, who is, or who was Ahithophel? Look in Second uh, Samuel sixteen in, in verse twenty three, and the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. So, so stop right there, and let's make sure we get it. Uh, the the counsel of this man in those days was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. I mean, I'm talking about the man had wise counsel. Are, are you tracking with me when, I, when, 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 we, when we look at Ahithophel's counsel and we see that, that the man had an enormous way of counseling in a godly way. It was as if, you ready for this? It was as if he was speaking on behalf of the Lord. The oracles of God. That's what, that's what they compared Ahithophel's counsel to. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel. Here it is, ready? Both of David and Absalom. So it appears at one time Ahithophel was, was one time King David's count, uh, most, most trusted counselor and advisor. Not only that, but Ahithophel was, was a great friend to King David. He would hear from God and God used him in David's life. Here it is, ready? To see the kingdom that David was king over prosper. God used Ahithophel in a great way to help David in making some decisions. Why? Well, because there's safety in the multitude of counselors. There's safety in the multitude of counselors. And David knew that he had to surround himself with some men that God would use to help the kingdom prosper. And, and I'll say this, at one time, he was a mighty tool in the hand of God. That's who Ahithophel was. Now, what happened in Ahithophel's life was something turned, something changed in Ahithophel that caused him to join up with David's son Absalom as he would try and take over the kingdom from David. Now, Absalom wanted the kingdom from David uh, because he didn't agree with some things that David had done. One, uh, David was extremely upset uh, that Absalom had killed David's son, his brother, for his relationship and him going in and raping Tamar. Uh, he went in and, and, and he did some unseemly things to Tamar. And Absalom, Absalom called him to uh, called him and acted like everything was fine, and Absalom killed him, and it upset David so bad. But but you remember, I want you to remember this is all in, in a in a in a format of reaping for David because he has committed the sin that he committed with Bathsheba. So this is all a part of the reaping that David is experiencing right now. So Absalom's upset. And Absalom uh, wants the kingdom now, so he wants to try to take over the kingdom. And I, I look, look in Second uh, Samuel chapter 15 and verse 31. And, and one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. Now I want to ask the question, what caused Ahithophel to, to do what he'd done? What caused him to turn? 
what caused the Hithophel to one day he he was he he was walking with the he was walking with David hand in hand. He was David's counselor. He was he he was mighty in seeing the kingdom prosper under David. And then all of a sudden, he is now among the conspirators with Absalom. I, I want you to I want you to read with me in Psalm fifty five in, in verse number twelve. We'll start Psalm fifty five in, in verse number twelve. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my God and mine acquaintance. You ready? He took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Now, verse 15, let death seize upon him, upon them and let them go down quickly into hell for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. The psalmist is writing in, in Psalm 55 that, that it, it was not an enemy that reproached the psalmist. He said, if it was, that he could have borne it. How many of you know that the attacks from the enemy, you deal with them a whole lot better than you do the ones from the inside? He said, neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man of uh, mine equal. And here's, here's what he's saying. The psalmist is saying, and he's, he's giving us a little look into Maybe the heart of Absalom, I mean, maybe the heart uh, of David, uh, excuse me, the heart of Ahithophel. Ahithophel is, is, is a man much like we can see in Psalm 55 and in verse number 12. Ahithophel was hurt, but he wasn't hurt by somebody that hated him. He wasn't hurt by somebody that had, had, had bolstered themselves that, and magnified themselves that they were after Ahithophel. No, no, Ahithophel was hurt by somebody on the inside. By somebody that, that, that he took sweet counsel together with them. Ahithophel was hurt by, by somebody that he walked under the house of God in company with. Who was Ahithophel hurt by? Ahithophel was hurt by David. Now we're, we're going to get there, but I want you to keep that in your memory, uh, in, in the back of your mind. Ahithophel was hurt by David. Look at 2 Samuel 15 and verse 12. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel the, the Gilonite, David's counselor from the city, even, even Gilgo, where he offered sacrifices and the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continuously with Absalom. 2 Samuel 15 and verse 31, And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. In 2 Samuel 16 and verse 15, 
says, And Absalom and all the people, and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem and Ahithophel with them. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give counsel among you what we shall do. And Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Here's where you need to start paying attention. Remember, I told you, David is the one that hurt Absalom. David is the one that hurt Absalom, and I'm going to let you start putting some pieces together. Ahithophel gives counsel to Absalom, and he says, here's what you need to do if you really want to hurt David. You ready? Go in unto thy father's concubines. And, and I, Does anybody need me to go in great discussion of what go in means? Nobody? Okay. Some of you looking at me like, just turned all red face like he's fixing to he's fixing to go in detail. We'll, yeah, we'll leave it there. Go into thy father's concubines. You ready? Which he hath left to keep the house, and all Israel how uh, and all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. So, so they spread Absalom, you ready for this? A tent upon the top of the house. And Absalom went in unto his father's concubine, concubines, here it is, in the sight of all of Israel. Why, why is that such a big deal? Now remember, there, there, was, there was another little experience that happened with David just some previous chapters back to where there, there's another woman on a rooftop. There's another woman on the rooftop bathing herself in the time when kings were supposed to be going to battle, David's at home. David's at home when he should be in battle. What does he do? Well, he sees a woman on the top on this rooftop, and, and David does this thing with this woman. Why? Because he felt entitled to this woman. And we know that this is all part of it. This is all part of the judgment. This is all part of the reaping of David. But but you you've got to look at this thing with some spiritual eyes. I want you to see that the counsel that Ahithophel is given Absalom. He is trying to recreate. He's trying to recreate something that happened to him personally. When he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go in unto all those concubines on a rooftop for all of Israel to see. I want you to make public what you're going to do. All right? Go, go, go with me to 2 Samuel 17. Moreover, Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Let me now choose, choose out 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed, and I will make him afraid, and all the people that are, uh, that are with him shall flee, and I will smite the king only. Skip down with me to verse number 23. 
And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed. So, so there's, there's another man that swooped in and in uh, 2 Samuel 17. Uh, and he's, he's, a man, uh, he's a man that is loyal to David. And God uses him to overthrow the counsel of Ahithophel. You, you can read, we, we don't have time to really dive into all that this morning. But, but God uses him to overthrow the counsel of Ahithophel. And, and, and what he does is he goes in and he tells him, no, you shouldn't do that. No, you should, you should wait. You shouldn't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do what he's telling you to do. You need to wait. And so what happens? Absalom doesn't follow the counsel of Ahithophel. So, so this greatly discourages and, and, and distresses Ahithophel. Because why? Well, because he knows what's next. He knows that David is going gonna, is gonna to prosper next. So what does he do? He saddles his ass and he rose and he got him home to his house, to his city, to put his household in order. You ready? And he hanged himself and he died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. How, how does a man go from Ahithophel's status to being in the king's council? Living among the king's palace, doing the things that kings do, eating the king's food, being a part of the most prestigious uh, events that, that the king could ever put on. How does that happen? And it kind of happens like Psalm 55 says. It ain't those on the outside that'll get you. And I've said it in here. It ain't those on the outside that get me. It ain't those from the outers that ain't that ain't that ain't a part of the inners. It's always those on the inside. It's always those that you deem friend. And I'll say this: just to apply it where you are. It ain't everybody else's wife. It's yours. It ain't everybody else's husband. It's yours. It ain't everybody else's friends. It's your friend. It ain't everybody else's people in ministry that you work tight with. It's your people in ministry that you work tight with. It ain't, it ain't everybody, it, it's not everybody else. It's the people that you, that you have put a lot of stock and a lot of confidence and a lot of admiration and a lot of time and a lot of love in. That's what Psalm 55 said. It, man, it, it wasn't those that hated me, but it was those that were inside. It was those that I knew. It was those that I loved. It was those that were a part of my fellowship, my sweet count, the, the ones that I walked hand in hand with into God's house, the ones that we took sweet counsel together. I, I want you to look at Psalm 23, and I mean 2 Samuel 23. And verse 34. Elip Khalit. His dad hated him too. Elip, Elip Khalit. Elip Khalit, the son of Ashbei, the son of whatever. Here, here it is, Elam, ready, the son of Ahithophel. The son 
of Ahithophel. Look at 2 Samuel 11 and verse number 3. And David sent and inquired after the woman. Now who's the woman? Bathsheba. And one said, is this not, is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam? All right, you're you ready for the, the, the big bombshell? Bathsheba was Ahithophel's granddaughter. And David knew it. Bathsheba was Ahithophel's granddaughter, and David knew it. Remember, remember, th- this this is one of what, what caused Dave, what caused Ahithophel just to turn like that? I mean, on a dime. One day he's in, one day him and David are, are, are so, so tight. And the next day, like that. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'd be ticked if I was Ahithophel too. I mean, what kind of friendship is that? What what kind of friendship? Do, what kind of friend does that? What kind of a friend knows? Hey, man, that that's that's the wife of Uriah. That that's the that's the daughter of of Elam. That's the granddaughter of Ahithophel. You, David, you realize that's who that is, right? Yeah, but it don't matter. I want her anyway. And, and so, what happens? Well, he didn't just hurt uh, Uriah. He didn't just hurt Bathsheba. He just didn't. He didn't just hurt Eliam. Who did he hurt? He hurt Ahithophel. So what happens? Ahithophel he he changes sides. He changes sides, and and in 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 his anger and in his rage. In his in, in look, I, I get it. I understand the anger. I understand probably there's a certain amount of rage within inside of Ahithophel. But he changes. He goes to somebody that that he, he, that is against David, and it don't matter why he's against David. It don't matter. He don't care. He's throwing all all of the caution to the wind. He just needs somebody else to be against David, with him being against David. Ain't that how it works, man? You know, it's funny. People find the most unseemly things in common when they're against the same person. When they're against the same thing. Well, you know, I, I'm against him too. Well, why are you against him? Well, I, I, you know, he did this or he did that. Well, so here we are. It don't matter what that person's standing for, but I'm, I'm going to join up with him. That's, that's where a hit fell. He throws it all away and says, you know what? I just want to see justice served to David. Justice should be served. He shouldn't be in that kingdom. He shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be a part of that. So I'm going to join up with Absalom, and I'm going to completely throw everything I know in the trash. This morning, I want to talk to you about a man, and it'll be quick. But i got three things I want to say about Ahithophel. 
that I think would serve every one of us this morning a, a good wake-up call. Because, see, here's the thing. Every person in this room has been done wrong. Every single one of you has been done wrong. Somebody's been done wrong by your parents. Somebody's been done wrong by your spouse. Somebody's been wrong, done wrong by your best friend. Some of you's been done wrong by, 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 by church people. Somebody's been done wrong by me, and I don't even know it. So I mean, I mean there, there's plenty of people in this room that has a story to tell about how somebody done them wrong. But I want you to listen to me. If you're going to be fruitful in the life to come, and it, it, with the rest of your life and the life to come, here's the thing. You're going to have to decide what you're going to do with your wrongdoing. You're going to do what Ahithophel done, or, or are you going to do it different? See, here's what happens to Ahithophel. He gets angry, and, and you know what happens next? He gets bitter. Ahithophel gets bitter over the fact that he was done wrong by one of his most trusted friends. By somebody that he took sweet counsel with. And again, I say it again. There is no hurt like being hurt from the inside. Being hurt from the outside, you know, it takes some thick skin, but it's just part of it. But being hurt from the inside, man, you've got to have a, a coat of mail on. I want to look at three things this morning that bitterness does. And I, I, want, you, I want you to see from the, from, from the perspective of Ahithophel, I want you to see what happened to him when he didn't deal with his anger. Number one, I want you to see bitterness is, is birthed in the heart of someone who has been done wrong. Bitterness is birthed in the heart of someone who's been done wrong. I want you to look with me at 2 Samuel chapter number 11. I, 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 I would say this, you, you got you to gotta get the full picture. Ahithophel uh, felt as though his friend David had, had done him dirty, and, and he certainly he had by what he had done to, her grand, to his granddaughter. But I, I, want you, I, want you, I want to take it a step further, not only his granddaughter, but just his, her marriage in general. Her marriage had been destroyed by David. Her life had been, had been altered and had been completely changed by David. And, and, I mean, so bad so that, that David devises her own husband's death. And not just any husband, but a husband who was extremely admirable and a man full of integrity. Uriah was not just somebody that didn't have any integrity. How do you know that? Oh, oh, look at 2 Samuel 11 and verse 1. It came to pass... After the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab, his servants, with him in all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. And David tarried still at Jerusalem. It is the first problem here. And it came to pass in the end at evening, evening tide that David arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. From the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the uh, woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and he said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, uh, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And, the, and David sent the messengers, sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, and she was, for she was purified from un, her uncleanness. 
and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. And David said to Uriah, Go down to thy house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house and therefore followed him with a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and went not down to his house. And when David... Uh, and when, when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down unto his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest uh, thou not from thy journey? Why didst thou not go down into thy house? Now, I want you to notice what happens in verse 11. And Uriah said unto David, The ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I... Shall I then go into mine house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife as the Lord liveth and as, I, as thy soul liveth? I will not do this thing. Uriah is a man full of integrity. Uriah is a man that is concerned about the ark and Israel and Judah all being intense. And, and Joab... And the servants are encamped in open fields. He's concerned, here it is, about being a good soldier. He's concerned about serving the Lord. He's concerned about how he's doing in battle. And he says, I'm not going down there. Remember, remember, this is David's plan to get Uriah to go down there and sleep with his wife. And hopefully that in this whole process, we can play off. And this can be Uriah's child. Right? This is the plan. And what happens? David has him killed. David sends him to the, to the front lines and, and has him killed. And he destroys the life that Bathsheba and him had built. And, and so Ahithophel has been done wrong by one of his friends. And, 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 and here it is. Bitterness starts in the heart of a person who's been done wrong. And that's where it started in Hithophel. Number two, bitterness grows with influence and with time. Bitterness grows with influence and with time. The old statement goes, and it rings very true, misery loves company. And you know who else does? Bitterness. Bitter people attract. People that have been done wrong, people that, 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 have, uh, that have been done wrong in life, they find each other somehow. And, 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 and guess who found each other? Ahithophel and Absalom. Absalom had been done wrong by the fact that, that when... Uh, so, a uh, little brief history lesson. Absalom sent for David. But David didn't want to talk to Absalom. So there's a two-year hiatus from David and Absalom talking. It gets so bad that he burns Joab's field. That Absalom burns Joab's field just to get David's attention. Well, he's ticked off. And he's bitter. He's mad because of what his brother has done. Uh, but because of what his brother had done with Tamar. Amnon had went into Tamar and, and had done an unseemly thing and, and raped his own sister. 
He's 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 mad. He's mad about it, and he and he kills he kills Absalom and uh, Amnon. And instead of of David being being appreciative, David's upset. Really and truly, what Absalom don't know is this: is God's judgment on David. God's reaping. Uh, uh, David's reaping what he's sown. And so Absalom is actually the last person that Ahithophel needed, and Ahithophel is the last person that Absalom needed. You see, if you're not careful, your best friends will be it will turn into the people that you can be the most bitter with. Your best friends, the people that 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 you uh, that you, you need somebody. Listen, I hate to say it, and I, look, don't don't take this. Ladies, don't take this the wrong way. It's really easy for, for women to get bitter and to find another woman that's, that's been bitter to them. It's really easy for a gossip fest to start about so-and-so and about so-and-so and about so-and-so and how they've been done wrong. They've been, and, you know, and then you got the, the bitter club together. And everybody's mad, and everybody's always upset about something. And look, I think that's why most marriages can't get right because they, like one wife wants to get right, but the other, but they got a friend that can't get right with theirs. So you know, they got to be ticked off at their husband at the same time. Well, because that's just what we're all doing. We're all being mad at our husbands, even though we're trying to do the right thing. I'm not saying it's void in men. It is definitely there in men. They act like more like women, but it's there in men. You get a real emotional man and you'll find it. It's just so weird saying emotional and men in the same sentence. But you get a real emotional man. I'm not saying I don't get emotional. But you get your real emotional man and, and, and they'll find them another emotional man to be bitter with. Bitterness grows with influence. Bitterness grows with time. You realize that time is a, as much as it grows the grass in the fields, it grows bitterness. It gets bigger. It gets taller. It gets stronger. It gets, it gets more boastful. It gets more outlandish. Bitterness grows with influence and it grows over time. Why do you, why do you think it grows over time? Well, because it's, it's the thing that sets right on the forefront of your mind. It's the thing that sets in your heart. And, 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 and you want it to get right, but it just can't get right. So what happens? You keep being mad about it. And anger sets in, then more bitterness. And then more anger, and then more bitterness. And more anger, and then more bitterness. And so we find people that we can be bitter with. And those are the people we can be the most comfortable in life with. And then number three. Bitterness ends with tragedy. If not handled biblically. Bitterness ends in tragedy. If not handled biblically, Ahithophel eventually hung himself. You don't know why I think Ahithophel actually hung himself? I can't prove this. But I think it's pretty true. 
You know, I think he hung himself because he didn't get the satisfaction of his own revenge. He never got the satisfaction of his own revenge. He never could get David off the throne. You know what bitterness does? Bitterness is a poison you drink and expect the other person to die. That's what happened with Ahithophel. He wanted David punished. What he didn't know was God was punishing him. God was punishing David, not Ahithophel. That's why God says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It didn't have nothing to do with Ahithophel trying to see David punished. It was not Ahithophel's job to punish David. Whose job was that? It, well, it just so happens it was, it was God's job. Why? Because a man reaps whatever he sows. And, and just so happened David sowed the flesh and he's going to reap corruption. And he's reaping corruption with his son dying. He's reaping corruption with his other son dying. He, I mean, God, David is seeing a progression here that is, that is falling out to, to judgment. But you know who can't see it? You ready? You ready? Daniel, you can come play that piano. We get ready. You know who can't see it? Only one person in this whole group that can't see it, that needs to see it, Ahithophel. He's the only one that can't see that God is dealing with David. But, but he don't care. Why? Well, because he, don't, he only is having satisfaction in his own revenge. And here, I want you to listen to me. Bitterness will cause you to only be satisfied when your revenge of that situation is actually satisfied. You don't care, you won't care that God, look, here's that part. God, God, drop a, God drop a building on their head out of the clear blue sky and still be ticked off. Man, God, you let them get off easy. I mean, I was, look, I, 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 was, I, I was looking to, I was looking for the cat of nine tails and a, and a crown of thorns. God, I was looking for punishment. And you just come and drop a building on his head? You, you hear what I'm saying? I, I don't know if you've ever been there before or not, but, but bitterness will do that to you. Bitterness will cause a person To not be able to see the judgment of God on somebody else's life because it doesn't satisfy this internal thing that revenge has created inside of them. Hebrews 12 and verse 15 says, Looking diligent diligently lest any man fail the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby you ready and thereby many be defiled there's a lot of people defiled because of Ahithophel's bitterness so what should have happened what's the remedy here 
How do how, what, what should what should have happened? Well, David, I mean, Ahithophel. Number one, David shouldn't have did what he did with Bathsheba. Can I get a witness right there? Wicked number one. The problem is though, Ahithophel, Ahithophel didn't go to David as a friend. I'm not going I'm not going to the person that's wronged me. I'm not going to my friend. I'm not I'm not well, here's the thing. That takes a real big person, right? It, it is hard. It's hard to go to a person that, that's wronged you and confront them about their wrongdoing towards you and, and, and about the wrong this is what should have happened though. Ahithophel should have took it and he should have took it straight to David and he should have confronted David. And should have asked that David, why why have you done this to my granddaughter? And, and and listen, I want you I want you to hear me. The story could have ended different. The story that Ahithophel could have ended in a much different with a much different story with a much different testimony than a man that was one time one of the king's greatest counselors to now a man that is hanging in a tree by his neck. God, de- God, God had dealt with David. And God got him ready for his reaping. But Ahithophel's anger couldn't see it. Ahithophel's anger couldn't accept it. And so I, I say, I say, man, I, if you got a problem, man, you're in here. And before you let the, the bitterness take over in your home, before you let the bitterness take over in a friendship, before you let the bitterness of, of something take your life over, let me encourage you. Man, with everything you can muster up within you, make it right. Because forgiveness ain't about that person. It, it, Ahithophel didn't need to go and forgive David and make it right with David for David. Ahithophel needed to go and make it right with David for David. Why? Well, here's the thing. What does that whole thing have to do with fruit bearing? Well, there's probably some of us that aren't bearing any fruit because of our bitterness. And we'll never admit it. We'll never admit it because, well, that would require me humbling myself. And I can guarantee you this. If you're bitter, you're you're probably not producing any fruit. They probably just can't find any enjoyment in this book. You don't find any counsel in it. You don't find any enjoyment in, in the things of God. talk about some Hatfield and McCoy stuff just about 12 miles up the road here there is there is still some people been dead for for 10, 15, 20 years 
knows people that have been long gone, dead, dead as hammers for years. Still mad at them. Still bitter. Still upset. I still, I, I mean, cannot get over it. All they can talk about Christmas. We, 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 we've come to the place to where we, we can't even function as people anymore. Because I'm not talking about something big. I'm talking about something, like something real stupid. And now their, their lives just fell out to bitterness. Their lives have fallen out to, to living a life of bitterness. Maybe, just maybe this morning, Daniel's going to sing, and I don't know, maybe you want to come to the altar, maybe you don't. I, either way it goes, I, I'm going to pray here in a minute. Maybe there's something in your life that's causing you a lot of bitterness. The anger has, has, has transitioned to bitterness. And if you don't do something about it, that may be the one reason you're not producing any fruit. One reason you, discipleship is like a thing, you know, I'm not doing that junk. That is so stupid. I, I mean, maybe your marriage is, is terrible because of bitterness. Maybe your friendships are terrible because of bitterness. Maybe you can't. I, I don't know what it is. Here's what I do know. God wants to free you from that. God wants you to be free from the bondage of your own bitterness. So this morning... Uh, I'm going to pray, and when I, I get done praying, maybe Daniel's going to sing a verse. You want to come, you come. You got something you'll do with the Lord, let me encourage you to do that this morning. You want to see real fruit in your life, you want to see real revival in your life, it's going to come at the expense of laying down bitterness. Let's pray. Father, uh, Lord, I, I thank you for today. I thank you for being good. Thank you for being faithful to us. Lord, thank you for letting us peer in just for a minute in the life of, of, of Ahithophel and and all the things that shook down him and David. And uh, God just letting us be able to see. Lord that, Lord that we can fall out the same way. Lord that if our lives are, are not centered in. On being forgivers. On being people that want to be right with God. And, and want to be tender hearted. And want to be kind. And want to forgive people. Because we've been forgiven. God, that our lives, that our lives are going to be filled with turmoil. They're going to be filled with an inner anguish. They're going to be filled with a, with a deep distress that can never make things right in life. And so, God, I, I pray, Lord, if there's somebody like that in the room, God, I pray that you deal with them. God, I, I, I can't fix nothing. I can't fix anything. I know that you can, though, Lord. So I'm, I'm asking you, Lord, as we get serious before you, God, that you'd work on, on, on our behalf, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. But, Daniel, uh, why don't you stand with me? We're going to sing a verse. You want to come, you, you come on. This will be...